Chapter 5 A Tragedy in the Woods We didn't get done tinkering the machinery till away late in the afternoon, and so it was so close to sundown when we got home that we never stopped on our road, but made a break for the sycamores as tight as we could go, to tell Jake what the delay was, and have him wait till we could go to braces and find out how things was there. It was getting pretty dim by the time we turned the corner of the woods, sweating and panting with that long run, and see the sycamores thirty yards ahead of us, and just then we see a couple of men run into the bunch and heard two or three terrible screams for help. "'Poor Jake is killed, sure,' we says. We was scared through and through, and broke for the tobacco field and hid there, trembling so our clothes would hardly stay on. And just as we skipped in there, a couple of men went tearing by, and into the bunch they went, and in a second out jumps four men, and took out up the road as tight as they could go, two chasing two. We laid down kind of weak and sick, and listened for more sounds, but didn't hear none for a good while but just our hearts. We was thinking about that awful thing laying yonder in the sycamores, and it seemed like being that close to a ghost, and it give me the cold shudders. The moon come swelling up out of the ground now, powerful big and round and bright behind a comb of trees, like a face looking through prison bars, and the black shadders and white places begun to creep around, and it was miserable quiet and still, and night-breezy and graveyardy and scary. All of a sudden Tom whispers, "'Look, what's that?' "'Don't,' I says. "'Don't take a person by surprise that way. "'I'm most ready to die anyway without you doing that. "'Look, I tell you, it's something coming out of the sycamores. "'Don't, Tom. It's terrible tall. "'Oh, Lordy, Lordy, let's keep still. "'It's coming this way.' "'He was so excited he could hardly get breath enough to whisper. "'I had to look. I couldn't help it. "'So now we was both on our knees with our chins on a fence-rail "'and gazing, yes, and gasping, too.' It was coming down the road, coming in the shadow of the trees, and you couldn't see it good, not till it was pretty close to us. Then it stepped into a bright splotch of moonlight, and we sunk right down in our tracks. It was Jake Dunlap's ghost. That was what we said to ourselves. We couldn't stir for a minute or two. Then it was gone. We talked about it in low voices. Tom says, "'They're mostly dim and smoky, or like they've made out of fog.' This one wasn't. No, I says. I seen the goggles and the whiskers perfectly plain. Yes, and the very colors in them loud, countrified Sunday clothes, plaid breeches, green and black, cotton velvet waistcoat, fire red and yaller squares, leather straps to the bottoms of the breeches' legs, and one of them hanging unbuttoned. Yes, and that hat. What a hat for a ghost to wear. You see, it was the first season anybody wore that kind, a black stiff-brim stovepipe, very high and not smooth, with a round top, just like a sugar loaf. Did you notice if its hair was the same, Huck? No. Seems to me I did. Then again, it seems to me I didn't. I didn't either. But it had its bag along. I noticed that. So did I. How can there be a ghost bag, Tom? Sho! I wouldn't be as ignorant as that if I was you, Huck Finn. Whatever a ghost has turns to ghost stuff. They've got to have their things like anybody else. You see it yourself that its clothes was turned to ghost stuff. Well, then, what's to hinder its bag from turning too? Of course it done it. That was reasonable. I couldn't find no fault with it. Bill Withers and his brother Jack come along by, talking, and Jack says, What do you reckon he was toting? I don't know, 
but it was pretty heavy. Yes, all he could lug. Nigger stealing corn from old Parson Silas, I judged. So did I, and so I allowed I wouldn't let on to see him. That's me, too. Then they both laughed and went on out of hearing. It showed how unpopular old Uncle Silas had got to be now. They wouldn't have let a nigger steal anybody else's corn and never done anything to him. We heard some more voices mumbling along towards us and getting louder, and sometimes a cackle of a laugh. It was Lem Beebe and Jim Lane. Jim Lane says, Who, Jubiter Dunlap? Yes. Oh, I don't know. I reckon so. I seen him spading up some ground along about an hour ago, just before sundown. Him and the parson said he guessed he wouldn't go tonight, but we could have his dog if we wanted him. Too tired, I reckon. Yes, works so hard. Oh, you bet. <laughs> they cackled at that and went on by. Tom said we better jump out and tag along with them, because they was going our way and it wouldn't be comfortable to run across the ghost all by ourselves. So we done it and got home all right. That night was the 2nd of September, a Saturday. I shan't ever forget it. You'll see why pretty soon. End of chapter 5